the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there, and welcome to another installment of Way of Grace, the radio broadcast outreach of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. In marriage counseling, couples will often criticize little things about their spouse so as to avoid getting to the real, deeper issues. (laughs) The elephant in the room, so to speak. Well, as we'll see today in our study of Numbers 11, friends often do the same thing. Join us for our message from Pastor Jessica Stan called, Ye Have Need of Patience. Moses has elders under him. Jesus has apostles under him. There will be 120 in the upper room who will have the same anointing that Jesus did. Are y'all coming with me? Do you see what's happening here? We're seeing a foreshadowing of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on men and women who are called to represent God in the community. This is so important. Notice what it says. He says, they're going to stand there with you. And verse 17 is a recapitulation. Look at verse 17. And here's what Jesus says to Moses. Now, those of you who know that the voice of the father is always the son, y'all know that. Jesus is talking to Moses. The father never moves. He's always on his throne. If God comes down, it's Jesus coming down. I told you Jesus is the visible Yahweh. He's the one always coming. He's the mediator between God and man, is he not? And here's what Jesus says to Moses. Y'all got this? He says, and when I come down, I will talk with thee there. Well, he already did that back in Numbers in uh, Exodus 34, verse 5, did he not? Jesus loves to come down and talk with us. Whenever you're in trouble, say, Lord Jesus, come down and talk with me. And he will do that by his spirit because what he said in John chapter 14, verse 21 through 23, if any man love me, he will keep my commandments and I and my father will abide with him. We will take our seat in his heart, her heart, and dwell with them and fellowship with them. God promises that. The only way you and I know the father is because of the son. The only way we know the son is because of the Holy Ghost. The very spirit that Jesus is going to take off of Moses and put on 70 men. Let's watch how this works. It's very important because you're getting ready to see how God's going to foreshadow his care of a bunch of rebel sinners before he exercises a righteous judgment. Here it is. He says, and I will take of my spirit, which is upon you, and I will put it upon them. Don't we want what Jesus had? And they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you do not what? Bear it alone. You see the New Testament now? Do you see how the apostles now who waited for Jesus to come? And this is what John chapter 20 around 21 says. And when Jesus showed up in the upper room, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Did he not? 
So the New Testament church is established upon the doctrine of the apostles and the Old Testament prophets and Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. So what Moses is experiencing with these elders, Jesus promised to the disciples who became apostles. And the same thing that was on the disciples came on all the body of Christ in Acts chapter two. That's what we're getting ready to deal with here. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, what? So now we're looking at the Old Testament corresponding with the new. Y'all got that? Go back to the text. We got work to do. Go back to the text. Look at what it says here. He says, I'll put of the spirit that you have upon them. Verse 18. Verse 18. And say thou to the people, sanctify yourselves tomorrow and you shall eat flesh for the Lord. For ye have wept into the ears of the Lord saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it is well with us, it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you exactly what you want. So I want you to see a couple things under point number two before we go to the final point. So in point number two, the request that Moses is asking for, God, kill me. It was resolved and answered by God, not by killing Moses, but by giving Moses an outpouring of a spirit on leadership so that they could help Moses. Did y'all get that? Stay with me now. You're not dumb. Listen very carefully. The request to die was the solution to everybody breaking God's law in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Would you agree with that? Christ came to die for our sins. The result of Christ's death on the cross is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Whenever the Holy Ghost is poured out, it's because Christ has already died for our sins. The presence of the third person is because of the finished work of the second person. You don't get to talk the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost without Christ died for our sins. You don't get to enjoy being born again until someone died to pay the debt that allowed you to be born again. You don't get to enjoy regeneration, renewal of the spirit, sanctification, washing up your soul, except Christ laid down his life for your sins on the cross in his body. He says, if I do not go to the father, he will not send the comforter. Am I making sense? What I'm teaching you is anytime the third person is working, it's because the second person has finished his work. Don't ever talk about the third person without giving honor to the second person. If you don't, you're not Christians. You're simply pagan mystics. This is what I despise about Christianity that loves to talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. And don't give a word about the one who sent that Holy Ghost. Because if he didn't send him, you wouldn't have him. And the goal of the Holy Ghost is not for you to talk about the Holy Ghost. The goal of the Holy Ghost is for you to talk adequately, sufficiently, efficaciously, redemptively, eloquently about the second person. And when he comes, he will not speak of himself. He will take the things of mine and show them unto you. He will glorify me. How do I know you have the Holy Ghost? Because you glorify Christ. If you don't have Christ, you don't have the spirit of God. Did y'all hear what I just stated? You're just running off at the mouth. Some other spirit has gotten a hold of you. You're flying here and flying there. 
but you're not actually being guided by the second person because the second person sent the third person to glorify him. I know you're full of the spirit of God when you love Jesus and when you know him enough to talk about him. If you're running off at the mouth with all of these other disciplines and sciences and informations and, and new age fangled ideas, I know you don't know the second person. If you don't have the capacity to demonstrate the exaltation and the fullness and beauty and splendor and perfections of the one that took on your nature and lived from you from the womb to the tomb. He died and was buried and rose again and ascended on high to sit at the father's right hand. If you don't know how to talk about him, you are not being taught by the Holy Ghost. Are y'all hearing me? Let me make this plain. The reason that the third person is with you, we call him the resident Lord. When Jesus died for your sins, he bought you lock, stock, and barrel. Didn't I tell you that? Right. You and I have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we glorify God in our bodies. All right, I got a little bit to go before I turn the page. See, here it is. This is what bothers me about this generation I live in. This generation I live in, does whatever it wants to do with its body. I got Christians who are so arrogant that way before they die, now they've heard us teach, there's a way to glorify God in your life. There's a way to glorify God with your mouth. There's a way to glorify God in your walk. And there's a way to glorify God in your death. I've told them that. You're not breathing in and out if you're a child of God, except the Lord God upholds you and keep you. He paid for every breath you're breathing. He prayed for those synapses in that brain matter. He prayed for your intellect, your rationale. He prayed for your emotional makeup, your psychological well-being. He paid for your soul, did he not? You are obligated to take the totality of your being and honor God with your life. I'm here to tell you, you owe him everything. Stay with me. Stay with me. And some of you rebellious Christians live exactly like you want to. Every day of your life, you're doing whatever you want to do. And you wonder why you are not prospering. It's just amazing to me to watch Christians waste their time every day. Immerse themselves in this world every day. And I'm not surprised when they discover that they're going to die. You, you, have you met people who, 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 they've been told you're going to die, right? And, and then they get close to death and they lived like they just never were going to die. And one of the ways I know this is because when people die, they're not ready to die. Like God didn't tell you you're going to die. You, you do know you're going to die, right? Now, now, I let a few young people get away with this for about five minutes because young people don't ever think they're going to die. But when you're 60, 70, 80 years old and you act like you're not going to die, you're a fool. And then you leave all the mess for us to have to fix. Like most Christians will die without adequate insurance. They'll die and leave the bill to us and let us have to wrestle together. And often we have to bury you in an undignified way. Am I making some sense? Because see now, if you, if you grew up poor, dirt poor, and all you know is poor people, poor people going to die you, uh, bury you the way they bury poor people. We might not even put you in a, in a, in a, in a pine box, okay? I'm just letting you know that now. 
you might get put in a little bitty jar, okay? Because that's all we can afford. Now I'm going to tell you one more thing and I'm going to bother you because I'm a pastor. You're supposed to die for the glory of God. Yes, indeed. You know what that means? That means your body is supposed to speak to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That means when you die, you have let the world know you prepared to die because Christ died for you. He purchased you lock, stock, and barrel. That means when you die, you're going to be buried. You're not going to be incinerated. That means when you die, you're going to be buried and not incinerated because all believers know that one day there's going to be a resurrection of the body. That means when you die, you're going to be buried in a formal Christian burial so that your death can be the last message you preach to everybody that comes to honor your departure. That means when you die, you get to preach the gospel through a faithful preacher who will tell everybody that's living that that man or that woman whose body is in that casket, they are not there. They are in glory with their Lord. Their body is about to go into the ground like a seed and wait for the day of resurrection. God loved us enough to let us know there's a day coming when we all will hear the voice of the Son of God and the graves will be open and we shall rise up out of those graves, our bodies, and be united with our souls and our Lord will be glorified in having raised us from the dead. See, so God means for you to preach your best sermon in your dead body because it points to the last enemy that God will subdue and that is death. How subdued is death when your body is laying in the casket and the community of the faithful are rejoicing in that you are not here but has risen and are seated at the right hand of God in glory. How beautiful. But see, I'm saying that I'm dealing with a generation of ignorant, rebellious Christians that all they want to do is just make sure they go to glory. That means they're not living for God's glory. That means they're living to go to glory. So they're not living down here in honor of God. And when they die, they won't honor God because you got to be prepared to honor God. Am I making some sense? Let me keep going then because it's a tragic reality that the uh, secular system knows in this regard. It knows that human beings don't believe they're going to die and they don't prepare for it. It knows that. It knows that. And so in our text, what we are being taught here is something absolutely beautiful about the outpouring. Three sub points and I'll move on to my final point. A power conferred on the elders, a pattern of things to come. We just saw this and a promise accomplished in Christ. Is this true? It's a promise accomplished in Christ. I love this. This is how Luke puts this, because what we're dealing with here in our text is the outpouring of the spirit. Are we not? Here's what Luke said in Luke 3, 16 and 17. Get this, because Luke was the foreshadow of Jesus. And John, 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 the, John the Baptist said this in Luke, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I, he is coming. Who is that coming one? The latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the what? Holy Ghost. And then he will baptize you with what? Those are two different dispensations. I'm getting ready to teach you something. The first baptism is what happened at Pentecost when Christ rose again from the dead, ascended on high, and said, tarry here. 
Y'all got that? And he was indicating the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which all men and all women need to be saved. Y'all got that? So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit preceded the outpouring of what? Fire. Y'all got that? And that's because the fire that he would bring would be the fire of his righteous judgment against national Israel because of his rebellion against the gospel for 37 years of preaching. When Jesus rose again from the dead, the apostles witnessed to the Jewish people for 37 years, beginning in Acts chapter 2 and 4, God hath made the same Jesus Lord and Christ. You who have crucified him, God has made him Lord and Christ. And many of them said, so what do we do? You remember what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your house, and you will receive the gift of the what? Holy Spirit, right? That message was preached for 37 years and the nation of Israel rebelled against the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So they were met with what? Fire. Fire is the judgment that John said would come upon them. Listen to how John puts it. Look at verse 17. This is verse 17, just to help some of you, because we're going back and see the pattern in the Old Testament, and we're done. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly do what? Purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner. Stage one. That's the preaching of the gospel. In the preaching of the gospel, there's a harvest that always comes. You and I are like wheat that God brings into his harvest. Is that not true? So the preaching of the gospel took place for 37 years and many Jews came to Christ. You know it because you read the book of Acts, but not all of them. And the language of the New Testament is the vast majority of those Jewish people rejected Jesus unto their own condemnation. Am I making some sense? And in AD 37, AD 70, it was a hard, hard time for the Jews who perpetually uh, rejected and resisted the gospel. And let me give you the parallel. The Holy Ghost has been poured out into the world in AD 33 on Pentecost. The Holy Ghost is here. He doesn't need to continue coming down. We know that because people are saved. Am I making some sense? But there's another fire coming on the last day against everybody who continues to rebel against the gospel. Am I making some sense? That is the representation of God's character. Pull it up. This is uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. This is where Jesus came down the first time. You guys remember this. I want you to capture this. This is where Jesus came down the first time. The text says, and the Lord passed by Moses, that is the Lord Jesus, and he preached the Lord, the Lord God. You guys remember that? Now notice the qualities that come up first. Merciful and gracious and long-suffering. Is that the way God is with us? He's merciful. The gospel is a gospel of mercy. He's not only merciful, he's gracious. The gospel is a gospel of grace, is it not? What you and I know is that we're saved by mercy and we're saved by grace. It's the mercy of God that saves us, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy hath he saved us by the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he poured upon us abundantly. Notice mercy, grace, and what? Long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in truth. That is the saving side of God's character. That's the saving side. That's the good news preached. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? 
He that believeth not shall be what? Damned. Look at the next set of attributes. Verse 7. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. Is that not the atoning work of Christ? But he will by no means do what? But he will by no means do what? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation. Listen to me. God is holy. Let's go back to our text. I'm going to close now, show you something. God is holy. You guys remember when Moses said back before this portion of scripture, he said, Lord, if you don't go with me, you know, kill me. Remember that? And, Moses, and God said to Moses, Moses, look, I'll have mercy on who I'll have mercy and I'll kill who I want to kill. I'll, I'll, I'll bring judgment on whom I will bring judgment. Y'all remember that? And I told you the way God works is a lot of times he won't bring his judgment for a long period of time. He'll give you time to repent. Well, that's what's going on here. I told you it's 14 months in now. These, these same knucklehead people that were back there in that day dancing around the golden calf naked having a, a frolicking party. And Moses knew that God was going to kill him. Only 3,000 died on that day. Y'all remember that? And, and, and God said, Moses, go ahead on and lead my people. I'll deal with these crazy people who actually blaspheme me in their disobedience. So get this, ladies and gentlemen, just because God delays his judgment doesn't mean you forget. And, and, what, and what Solomon taught us, because Solomon knew a little bit about sin. Just a little bit. <laughs> Solomon said, when judgment is executed slowly, when the judgment comes slowly, it only hardens the heart of people who don't already have the resident fear of God in them. This is why preaching like I do, people don't like what I preach. Now, y'all hearing what I'm saying? Right, because their hearts are hardened against a God that has a right to tell you and I what to do and how to live. But God is merciful to let us breathe in and out every day, particularly when we're living like hell. He's merciful. So when God brings judgments and plagues and reverses and sudden death, he was merciful up to that point where he says, okay, you don't get it. Time for you to go. Here it is. I want you to see it with me. I'm going to close. We're over in Numbers chapter 11, where God now is going to show Moses his difficult side. Point number three, they provoke God to what? That's Numbers 11, verses 18 through 20. Listen to what God says. And he said unto them, unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. You're going to eat flesh. And you have wept in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord heard you saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh and you shall eat. Y'all better get a hold of that. You shall eat flesh. I'm going to walk you through this. Because you need to sense it. So God told Moses, y'all getting ready to eat. You ask to eat. You're getting ready to eat. You're getting ready to have exactly what you want. I'm going to try not to be here long, but I'm here to be here long enough for you to get it. Okay. You ask to eat, and that's a symbol of us craving our own carnal desires. And then not only on top of that, you, you despise the manna. What is this manna? This coriander seed, this bland food. 
I told you that's a picture of false religion as it is in my day that has turned the gospel into entertainment and turned it into emotionalism and turned it into fleshly carnal gratification. You can go to all kinds of churches today that make you feel good and never preach Christ to you. Never preach Christ. Because Christ is the manna that God brought down from heaven to feed your soul. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.